Good morning. It is Monday, September the 11th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. Though we have listeners and readers all over the world, we do remember September 11th is a significant, somber day in the United States, and um, we treat it as such. I'm J.D. Walt, and this is your wake-up call. Let's begin this Monday and this week in consecration before Jesus. Wake up, sleepers, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. Fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong to you. And we're praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is entitled, The Most Important Lesson I Ever Learned and Am Still Learning. Our text is from Acts chapter 5. We're in Acts 5 this week, verses 1 to 11. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died, and great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, How could you conspire to test the Spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. The Word of the Lord Now consider this. This is a tough story. 
This couple actually sold a piece of land in the interest of serving the growing church and helping the people of God. That's a big deal and very commendable. He kept back some of the money for his own family. That seems like a small deal and perfectly acceptable. And they drop dead on being confronted by this? Seems like overkill. No pun intended. It seems to fall in the category of no good deed goes unpunished. But this story is not about money or giving or any of that. This story is about lying. Nothing destroys a person, a relationship, a community, or church faster than lying. We must commend Ananias and Sapphira for their generous spirit in selling this land and making such a profound gift to God through the church. We can never excuse their lie, because truth be told, to the extent we excuse them, we excuse ourselves. This story reveals the nature of a particular kind of lie. Ananias and Sapphira did not tell a bold-faced lie here. Yes, they misrepresented themselves, but it was by omission. They didn't say anything untrue. They allowed an untruth to stand. Their dramatic act of dropping dead startles us. But note, it does not say the Holy Spirit struck them down. No, they did it to themselves. Every time we lie to another person, no matter how small or justified or harmless it may seem, we put another nail in our own coffin. It deeply damages the person lied to. But the deepest damage of a lie is to the one propagating it. Anytime we lie to another person, we must first lie to ourselves. With every lie we tell ourselves, it makes the next one easier until we have literally become lost to the truth. The most horrifying reality of lying is the way the liar developed such an immunity to lying, they eventually have no idea that they are doing it. And this is not even the worst of it. The real tragedy is when we lie to each other, we are lying to God. You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. Growing up, my parents taught me many things, but one thing stands out for which I'm eternally grateful. I can hear their voices now. No matter what, always tell the truth. The 21st century lesson of Ananias and Sapphira and every century since is precisely this one. Unswerving unwavering, uncompromising honesty. In the smallest matters and the greatest concerns, always tell the truth.
no matter what. The good news? Because of the Holy Spirit, telling the truth is always within reach. The biggest liar, by telling the smallest truth, can start a brand new life. But here's the kicker. We only tell lies to the extent that we have believed lies. And the biggest lie we believe is that it's okay to tell a small one, that it doesn't really hurt anyone. It's why there's no such thing as a little lie in the end. The Prayer of Transformation. Lord Jesus, I am your witness. I receive your righteousness and release my sinfulness. I receive your wholeness and release my brokenness. I receive your fullness and release my emptiness. I receive your peace and release my anxiety. I receive your joy and release my despair. I receive your healing and release my sickness. I receive your love and release my selfishness. I receive your truthfulness and release my deceitfulness. Come, Holy Spirit, transform my heart, mind, soul, and strength so that my consecration becomes your demonstration that our lives become your sanctuary. For the glory of God our Father. Amen. And the question, how does lying destroy other people? How does it destroy the one who lies? Any experience with this? Which lie comes first, the lie to God, to ourselves, or to others? Well, this is a hard one for Monday, isn't it? We just go where the text goes, though, don't we? Our hymn today, we're going to sing number 27 in our seedbed hymnal, Come Thou Almighty King. Four verses, we'll sing them all. Number 27, Come Thou Almighty King. Come Thou Almighty King. Help us thy name to sing, help us to praise. Father all-glorious, or all-victorious, come and reign over us, ancient of days. Come thou incarnate word, gird on thy mighty sword. Our prayer attend. Come and thy people bless and give thy word success. Spirit of holiness on us descend. Come, holy comforter, thy sacred witness bear. 
in this glad hour. Thou who almighty art, now rule in every heart, and ne'er from us depart, Spirit of power. To thee, great one in three, eternal praises be, and severmore. Thy sovereign majesty may we in glory see, and to eternity love and adore. Amen. That's a great Trinitarian hymn. Well woven. Who's writing these hymns today, I'm wondering? We, uh, we've got lots of good songs being written, and they're doing good things across the church, but, you know, they're mostly choruses, and there are some hymns that are emerging in the church today, for sure. But the Bible speaks of psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. and. There's something about the hymns in every age that endure beyond their age. And so um, maybe I'm calling out to some of you young hymn writers, or maybe old hymn writers. <laughs> I know uh, Gary Parrott often emails me and sends me. He is a hymn writer par excellence. Maybe I can figure out a way to direct you to some of his work, Gary Parrott. Tremendous hymn writer. Um, but we need more hymns. You know, Charles Wesley, they said he wrote probably six to 7,000 hymns. And we only have a few of them in our hymnal. This is how it goes. I mean, you know, just because you write it doesn't mean it's going to be a chart-topping hit. you got to write a bunch of songs. And you don't even know what the hits will be in time. I do, I will say that uh, Julie Tennant and Jonathan Powers and Andy Miller and company saw to it that there are more hymns from Charles Wesley in this seedbed hymnal, Our Great Redeemer's Praise, than probably have ever been in a Methodist or in any hymnal, for that matter, before. Another reason to get your copy. You can see the link in today's email. Well, let's call it a let's call it a morning because we got a day ahead of us, and it's a day where we need to sow. People are discouraged oftentimes on Monday, so be on the lookout for them. You can sow a word of encouragement. I'll see you out there on the field for the awakening. I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you, and thanks for listening to the Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend, leave us a rating, and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall. 